how do you go from thanksgiving to thanks living? Part two. Today, I just want to share with you an accumulated collection of scripture. You can liken these to a set of pearls on a string. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, His good, His perfect, and His pleasing will. Stay with me. You've got to guard the garden of your heart because out of it comes the issues of life. Romans 12, 2. Guard your hearts, and when you do, your mind will be renewed. Ephesians 5, 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16, you might need to underline, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Debauchery means excessive indulgence in sensual pleasure. Don't do that. Instead, be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks, I love that, to God, the Father of everything, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul goes on to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, It is God's will, do you see the theme, that we should be sanctified and that you should avoid sexual immorality. Another translation says, flee from sexual immorality. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and here's where I wanted to be. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everybody would say, Amen. I love it when God sounds something out for us, when he spells it out in Scripture. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is dot, 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 the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. For this is eternal life, dot, 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 John 17.3, to know him, the one the Father has sent. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. What was it? There's a comma, a messenger from Satan. What was the thorn? There's been great theological debate, but for me, it's written right there. He has a messenger sent from Satan to buffet him and to back him down and to turn him around. I'm telling you, there is grace For you to run the race. When in doubt, whip the Bible out. Come on. So what is God's will for your life? Here's the string of pearls. Four times the Bible says this is God's will. Number one, be careful how much you drink. Number two, be careful where you sleep. Number three, don't forget to give thanks in everything. And I had this thought earlier this week. What if all we had tomorrow is what we thanked God for 
today. And I can't answer this question for you, but I'm thankful for my wife. I'm telling you, when you've got four kids, you'll start praying for your wife. God bless her with a long life. Keep her healthy in Jesus' name. I'm thankful for my family, my friends. I'm thankful for the presence of God, my peace, my joy. Is anybody with me? I'm thankful for the Bible. I'm thankful for all of God's blessings. What if all we had to Tomorrow is what we thank God for today. I'm thankful for my faith, my family, my freedom. Come on, what are you thankful for? Many times before we pray around the dinner table, Casey will ask the kids, what is something that you're thankful for? And a few months back, we were actually with family, and we were standing in a circle holding hands, and we're going around the room, and everybody's saying, hey, this is what I'm thankful for. Oh, me too. This is what I'm thankful for. And Lion says, out of the blue, I'm thankful for guns and drums. And we busted out laughing. It, it, it was something that he was thankful for. Nobody told him to say that. But I was like, that is my boy. He's thankful for guns and drums. And now he says, balls, kick balls. <laughs> He's such a mess. But I'm telling you, I am thankful this year especially, I, I don't know, God has just been so good, He's been so good, and the term thanksgiving is mentioned 100 times in the Bible, meaning we should be thankful 100% of the time. Why? Because Satan loves it when we murmur and complain. Why? Because negativity opens the door for the enemy. Are you negative? Do you tend to see the glass half empty? Do you struggle with the spirit of doubt and complaint? If so, I want to write a personal spiritual prescription for you today. And it comes straight out of Scripture. Psalm 100 says, To shout for joy to the Lord of all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his holy name. For the Lord is good. Can everybody say that? The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Shout, worship, sing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I need some help up in here this morning. Praise is a prescription for doubt and depression. If you're listening to the podcast today and you're down and out, open your mouth and give God a shout. Give him the sacrifice of praise and bless his holy name. It's way better than option B. You've got an amen and you've got an oh my, but I get it. The holiday season can bring joy, but for many reasons, it can also bring emotional pain. This is a very tough time for people. Thanksgiving, Christmas, the new year. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible, trying, depressing time for some people because it reminds them of their problems and their pain. Eight out of ten Americans say that the expectations of the holiday season can cause them to feel 
stress. Nearly one in three say that they get less sleep around the holidays because stress and worry, you know, mostly about financial reason can cause somebody to be down and depressed. But here's the spin. What is God telling us today? Here's three things. Rejoice. Always pray continually. And give God thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you. One, two, three. Give thanks in everything, not before or after, but while you're going through the walk of faith in this world, in the middle of everything, maybe in the middle of a mess, give God thanksgiving. Meaning, when we focus on what we do have, we don't have the time to focus on what we don't have. If you focus on what you don't have, you can't appreciate what you do have. Can I say that again? When we focus on what we do have, has God blessed you? Has He been good to you? When we focus on that, we're thankful for what we have. We don't have time to focus on what we don't have. And suddenly, when we're faithfully stewarding what God has given us supernaturally, I've learned that He gives us more. On the contrary, if we focus on what we don't have, you can appreciate what you do have. And why would God give you any more if all you're going to do is be negative and complain? I'm telling you, if you're faithful with little, God will give you more. God, help us to be found faithful. So I have to ask, are you focused on your blessing or your burden? Because the more you focus on something, the bigger it becomes. And I think we've all been at fault for blowing things up way out of proportion. But I'm telling you, the more you focus on something, the bigger it becomes. And this is where David found himself in Psalm 69. He was stuck. The title of the chapter is An Urgent Plea for Help. And I want to put hashtag in the holidays. Because in verse 30, he says, Lord, I'm poor and needy. Therefore, let your salvation set me up high, for I will praise your name with a song. I will magnify you with thanksgiving. In Psalm 34, 3, he says the same thing. Oh, come on, somebody. Would you magnify the Lord with me? Let us exalt his name together. He didn't say, come on, somebody, but you know what I mean. In life, you see one of two things. You see a big God or you see insurmountable odds. What do you see this morning? What are you magnifying this morning? What is taking up the most real estate space in your mind? Are you spending the majority of your time focusing on what you do have or what you don't have? Because what you focus on, the bigger it becomes. Not too long ago, Casey was taking me to the airport, and as we were getting into the car, an airplane flew over our, our house. And many times my kids will go, look, Mommy, there goes Daddy. But today, you know, on that particular day, they were actually taking me to the airport. And I said, hey, Hyatt, how big is that plane? And he said, oh, oh, Daddy, it's small. It's so tiny. It's, it's so high up in the sky. It's so small. And when we pulled up to 
um, the airport, Piedmont Triad International Airport, I, pe- I pointed at the plane and said, Hyatt, how big is that plane, son? And he said, uh, I mean, he lit up like a light and said, wow, daddy, it's so big. And I said, son, it's the same plane. It's the same plane. And here's the point. The closer you get to something, the bigger it becomes. And the same is true with God. The issue in your life has a label. It's either a mountain or it's a molehill. I'm telling you today that God is real. God is alive. God loves you and he has a plan and a purpose. He has a will for your life. And you either have a big God or you have a big devil. You either have a big God or you have a mountain. You have an insurmountable odd. And everybody has a mountain to climb. Everybody in the book, when you read the Bible, everybody in that book, they suffered from adversity from time to time. You and me, we all have our mountains to climb. But here's the key. We have to keep the spirit of thanksgiving and faith stirred up in our hearts because bitterness and negativity will keep us from experiencing the fullness of God's blessing. And I thought about the children of Israel wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. They were free, but for selfish reasons, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They murmured and they complained. There's actually 22 circumstances where the word complain is mentioned in the Bible. Genesis 31.1, Job 36.21, Luke 15.2, John 6.43, Philippians 2.14. Do everything without complaining. There's so many more. But how do you go from thanksgiving to thanksgiving? living. How do we do it? First of all, we've got to guard the gates of our soul, the eye gates, the ear gates, and most importantly, the mouth gate. Why? Because negativity and gossip, it opens the door to the enemy. And I wrestled with what story to conclude with because there's so many. There's so many. But this is a key. The story of Mary And Elizabeth, God had a plan. He had a will for both people. And when he spoke, he received two responses. Luke 1.38, Mary said, God, may it be unto me as you have said. Mary, you're going to have a baby. And you're going to name him Jesus. And Mary said, probably at 13 years old, she wasn't married. She was young. She, she, didn't, she didn't have it all figured out, but she heard a word from heaven, and she said, may it be unto me as you have said. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were late in age. They were older, and they had been around. I mean, Zechariah was a priest. He was serving in the temple during his day, and Gabriel gave him a word in Luke 1.18, And he said, and I quote, how is this going to happen? I'm too old. It's too late. I don't have enough money. I don't have what it takes. Do you see the difference? 
Mary responded, May it be unto me as you have said. And Zechariah responded, I don't know how this is going to happen. And in this moment, the angel of the Lord said, Because of your unbelief and negativity, you're not going to be able to talk. Your tongue is going to um, to be tied down, if you will, until the baby is born. In essence, the angel was saying, if you don't shut your mouth, you're going to mess this up. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Joseph and Mary had Jesus, and Zechariah and Elizabeth later had John. Jesus means he saves. John means his grace. So John prepared the way for Jesus, which means grace will pave the way for you. Everybody say, grace paves the way. I'm telling you, this is a word from heaven for you today. There's four weeks until Christmas, but who's counting? The kids. There's five Sundays left till the end of the year, with five being New Year's Eve. I'm telling you, if you don't know, five represents grace and mercy. And I prophesy over you today that the rest of the year will be the best of the year. Breakthrough, favor, Prodigals coming home, debts forgiven, the reconciliation of relationships, freedom, bondages broken, checks in the mailbox, come on somebody, new strategy for the next few years. Whatever it is, today marks a season of expectation as we await the celebration of a king. This is what the holy days are all about. They're all about Jesus, and John is preparing the way. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. So turn the expectation knob to the right today. It's time to turn it up. This is the last few minutes of the final quarter of 2023. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm telling you, anything can happen. Shout, worship, sing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise and bless his holy name. And I've really said everything today to make this point. Today, marks a season of expectation. Are you expecting? Are you expecting God to do something? This is what the Christmas season beholds. It's the coming of a king. So how do you give birth to something? Three things really fast. Number one, you've got to get intimate. Number two, you've got to grow. And number three, you've got to push. I'm telling you, you've got to get intimate the next five weeks. 2023 is coming to a close. The, the clock is ticking. Yes, God's been good. God is great. God is good. I'm telling you, He's faithful. He's full of grace and mercy. But He's not finished. He is not finished with you yet. Lean in just a little bit. Make room for Him. you got to get intimate. You've got to believe God. You've got to get a word. You've got to read the word. You've got to consummate the seed. Are you with me? You've got to connect with Christ. You've got you've to let the Holy Spirit have His way. Press in. 
the next five weeks. You got to grow. You got to eat the right stuff. You got to exercise, spiritually speaking. You've got to flex your faith. You've got to move. You've got to give God something to work with. You've got to grow. Whenever you get pregnant, my wife, we've had four babies. We got intimate, and then that baby began to grow inside of her belly. She could feel the baby kick and roll. We could hear his heartbeat. It was alive. And I'm telling you, faith without action is dead. But faith with action is life. And Jesus Christ came to give you life and life more abundantly. You got to get intimate. And you got to feed the dream. Number three, you got to push. You got to pray. You got to you got to fast and pray. You've got to watch your mouth. Fasting literally means to cover your mouth. You you got to pay attention. You, you you've got to you've got to pray until something happens. You got to push. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? You got to hang around the right people. You've got to intercede. You got to steal away to the secret place. You've got to forsake the the thought of of giving up or backing down. Whatever you do, get intimate, grow, and push. And when you do, you will deliver. In fact, God is taking you into the delivery room. From negativity, I'm telling you, you better watch your mouth. From negativity all the way to nativity. The next five weeks, make room for God to move. Make room for God to move. Great grace is upon you push 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 pray until something happens i want to close with this story an elephant and a dog became pregnant at the same time three months down the line the dog gave birth to six puppies six months later the dog was pregnant again and nine months later it gave birth to another Six puppies. The pattern continued. On the 18th month, the dog approached the elephant saying, Are you sure you're pregnant? We became pregnant on the same day. I have given birth three times to a dozen puppies, and now they're grown and they're big dogs. But, but what are you doing? Are you sure you're pregnant? What's going on? And the elephant replied, There is something that I want you to understand what I am carrying is not a puppy it's an elephant I only give birth to one in two years but when my baby hits the ground the world feels it when my baby crosses the road people stop dead in their tracks and they watch me in admiration what I carry gets people's attention my point what I'm carrying is great and mighty Everybody say that with me. What I am carrying is great and mighty. It's true. I want to prophesy over you today. Do not lose faith. If you haven't received your blessing, be patient 
and wait. In fact, you can say my time is coming. And when my blessing hits the surface of the earth, everybody will know it. Just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, when John the Baptist hit the earth, he changed the course of history. And God is going to use you and your family too. I'm telling you, I'm expecting. Are you expecting I'm expecting God to do great and mighty things the next five weeks. This is God's will for you to go from thanksgiving to thanks living. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks, God, give thanks to God in every circumstance. And when you put those three pearls on a string, suddenly and supernaturally, you will see God's blessing overtaking you in all things. Push, push, push in Jesus' name. God bless you. I'll see you next week. This program was made possible by the generous partners and friends of Chance Walters Ministries International. Until next time. We are on the Revival Road. For more information, download our free ministry app or go to our website at www.chancewalters.org.